Acts chapter 4 and verse 31, the Bible says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Let us pray. Father in heaven, God in Jesus' name, we do love you. Lord, we thank you again for this opportunity to come to you in prayer one more time on this side of heaven. God, I pray for each and every one that's here on this Wednesday night prayer meeting, God. And I thank you for the ones that are here. And Lord, I pray that you would convict the hearts of those that are not. God, I pray that you would uh, allow us to speak to your people. Lord, in a special way that uh, we may relate the word of God to how they would need to receive it tonight. God, I pray that you would use these lips of clay for your glory. I pray that you would just uh, help me tonight to... Uh, preach your word. Use these lips of clay for thee. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. Folks, unless we have a great awakening in America, a great sweeping revival that will turn this nation back to God, we're going to lose. Or lose the very things that we have fought for in wars of past that have cost so many lives. The kind of revival we need is a revival that will restore to us the old-fashioned fear of God in the human heart and reverence for His name. I never would have thought and believed, as bad as these days are in which we live, that I would see what I saw today as I went up to Bowling Springs High School and as I picked up my son from school, there was two young girls kissing each other in the mouth right in front of the schoolyard. Students that go to that school. And I said, son, what is, what is this? And he said, daddy, that's, that's nothing. He said, that's, that's happening all the time. And boy, it just made my stomach feel sick. And you know, I began to ponder through my mind. You can't holler anything out to them because they'll put you in jail. Folks, that is wrong. That is an abomination unto God. How in the world are these children being raised at that young of an age to know even, uh, to, to even get involved in lesbianism and homosexuality? Folks, you want to know why the Lord Jesus Christ is coming soon? Cause He's getting sick of all that. Huh? Listen, I never in my wildest dreams, and I know that, and I expected it if you would go in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, or, you know, downtown San Francisco, California, uh, to see that kind of stuff going on. Uh, you can just about guarantee that you'll see that kind of garbage go on. Uh, you see it on TV now. Now you're seeing it uh, in our public school system, uh, right in the front yard, uh, right in front of the big gigantic concrete sign. Uh, and I don't guess there's anything that anybody outside of the parents can do anything about it. It's terrible. It's terrible. God still calls that an abomination. Amen. We need a revival to sweep through this land uh, to put the fear of God in the human heart to where they'll understand and know that that is wrong. Barnyard animals have more sense than that. Huh? Barnyard animals won't go with one another. There'll be a male looking for a female. 
But dogs don't even do that. Amen. Listen, I'm here to tell you, it's sickening of what you see. We need that revival that will put the fear of God in the human heart and will still reverence the name of God. We need a revival that will stop the flood tides of sin, the lawlessness and the ungodliness that are literally drowning our nation. It wouldn't surprise me if a big earthquake hit around here somewhere and a big wave come in here somewhere and destroyed half of our country because of the filth that it's already in. And I know it's not a popular message tonight, but you know what? I still believe in godliness. I still believe in holiness. I still believe in telling the truth. I still believe in doing the right thing. We need a revival that will restore the love of chastity and purity. A revival that will restore a moral conscience to us. A revival that will restore a sin consciousness to our church and will make people faithful to the house of God. A revival that will break our hearts for those who are without Christ. A revival that will cause us to have a real and close walk with the Heavenly Father. A revival that will give us a sense of discernment between right and wrong. People act like they don't know the difference today. They know they just don't want to do what's right. People know what's right. Huh? We need a revival that will give us the right kind of thinking about the exceeding sinfulness of sin. Folks, listen. It's time. It's past time that you and I as Christians ought to stand up against some of that stuff. And I'll be honest with you. They got our our hands tied now. We should have stood up a long time ago. But they got our hands tied, Brother Booner. You can't say nothing. They put you in jail for a hate crime. You don't know how close I was for just stopping my car and just rolling down the window and hollering out saying, Listen, don't you know that's a sin and you're going to die and go to hell? You stay in that mess? This close. I was close. I was close. But I'm sure that I had my tag number down right before I, before I even got out of the parking lot in Spartanburg County would probably beat me back to my house. There's one thing about it. If you can get them in here, we'll preach it to them. Somehow or another, if we can get them in here, we'll preach them to them. Amen. You know, I don't understand it. We can, we can preach this uh, uh, over the radio and, and nobody says anything. We can preach this and let it run online and nobody will say anything. But if you say something to them one-on-one personally, outside the walls of this church, all of a sudden it's a crime. By the way, you know how many people visited our website to listen to sermons last month? Nearly 30,000 people all over the world. Now, I don't know if they all uh, listened to the messages on the radio or just read what we believed or read what uh, read the, the, the pages that were on there. But in 30 days, we had 27,000, no, 29,762 hits on our website where people are either hearing the gospel or reading the gospel. That makes an impact eventually. Amen. And just maybe one of those people that's on the wrong side of the fence uh, uh, with their love life uh, might just click on this message tonight and get an idea that it's still an abomination unto God. 
I'm telling you folks, we need revival if we see sin as a small thing. Amen. We need revival if we see sin as a small thing. So the kind of revival we need, and I believe we're going to experience uh, some form of revival next week. I believe we're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord. But like I've already told you, I don't want it to be a series of meetings with a with a good time of, of worship and praising God and preaching. I want it to be a life-changing event. I want something to change in your life, to draw you closer to God, to have revival. Get that old-fashioned, Holy Ghost, heaven-sent revival from Almighty God on high that will break our our hard hearts and proud spirit. And folks, may it be done. Amen. There's some practical steps to revival tonight that I want to just run over real quickly tonight. If we're going to have revival, I believe we got to be dissatisfied with ourselves. Be dissatisfied with ourselves. In other words, develop a holy dissatisfaction. The contented Christian is the sterile Christian. Paul said in substance pretty much these words. Jesus arrested me on the Damascus road. Now I want to lay hold of all of that for which I was arrested for by God. That's a good little statement. Now that's paraphrasing a a scripture there from the Word of God, but that's pretty much what the Apostle Paul was saying to us. Be thoroughly dissatisfied with your spiritual posture. See, we run into trouble spiritually in our lives when we think we've already arrived. We can't get no closer to God than what we are. Yes, you can. See, that's the wrong attitude to look at it. We can't get no closer to God than what we are, preacher. Yes, you can. I'm here to tell you, we can all walk a little bit closer. We can all get a little bit closer to God. Live a little bit holier in our lives. Be dissatisfied with yourself. Well, preacher, I don't want to be dissatisfied with myself. I'm happy with myself. If you're going to experience revival, you have to be dissatisfied with yourself. You've got to want to better yourself in a time of revival. Number two, ask God to transform your life. In other words, we need to ask God to take those things which are wrong and try to make and and make them better. Not just try to make them better, but take those things wrong in our life and make them better. We've all got faults, folks. Every single one of us, none of us were perfect. None of us are perfect. The Lord Jesus Christ was the only perfect being. He walked 33 and a half years on this earth never to commit one sin, often tempted. He was a picture of perfection. But folks, there's nothing wrong with us striving, striving forward to try to reach that perfection. We're not going to be. Don't take me wrong. But we need to ask God to transform our life. I think of Jacob wrestling with God. He wanted God's blessings. Throw your entire life into the will of God. Seek God's very best. See, if we've got a problem with a smart mouth tonight, we need to ask God to help us transform our mouth. Amen. If we've got a problem with particular sins in our life, we need to ask God to help us and transform our life where we won't have those problems anymore. If we've got problems in our marriages, if we've got problems with our children, we need to get on an altar of prayer and ask God to transform those relationships to where to be pleasing unto Him. 
didn't intend for a family to be in a fuss 24-7. Hmm? The husband is to be the head of the home. As Christ is the head of the church. The wife is to be the mother in that home. She's to be submissive to her husband. But the problem is, a lot of times is, the wife wants to live godly, but the husband don't. You see, so the roles are reversed. And then the, the wife has to take up the spiritual role because a lot of times the husband's not even saved. Not even a Christian. And then that wife will have to take on the role of, of trying to lead the children to Christ and getting them ready and coming to church. Folks, that is the days in which we live in. We need to ask God to transform our lives to where we'll be more like Him. Amen. Number three, practical steps to revival. Put yourself in the way of blessing. Those folks that miss Wednesday night service, they can't put themselves in the way of a blessing. You see what I'm saying? If someone here receives a great blessing tonight, the only ones that's going to receive it is the ones that's here. I was talking to an individual. This has been probably two or three years ago. And we got into a string of services, boy, and, it, and, and God was just blessing. And, and it would be on, it seemed like it would hit on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Sunday morning and Wednesday night. God was blessing. We had one saved here and there. And, and boy, God was just pouring out blessings on, upon blessings upon the services. And people were just getting the, what they needed from God. And boy, the tears would flow like rivers. And, and boy, it just seems like this lady came to me and said, Preacher, she said, I don't understand it. Every time I'm not there, Y'all have these good services. I said, well, if you'd be here, you can get in on some of this stuff. <laughs> you know? That's putting your way in, putting yourself in the way of a blessing. I can't wait till revival starts next week because I'm just I'm just can't wait to see uh, what the preacher's gonna preach on Monday night. I can't wait to see if, uh, if he's got his entourage with him that follows him around from time to time and helps him preach. Amen. I can't wait to see if somebody's going to get saved, if somebody's going to jump up and shout hallelujah, glory to God, or somebody's going to get their heart right with him. Somebody may answer the call to preach. Somebody may answer the call to the mission field. We don't know. But boy, it would be wonderful to be in the service and get blessed like that. But if you're not in the service, you can't get the blessing. Well, I'll get me a tape. It ain't the same. It's not the same. Huh? Put yourself in the way of a blessing. If we desire revival and neglect to pray for it, that's hypocrisy. If we pray for growth and neglect the local church, that's absolutely foolish. Foolish. To pray that you'll mature and neglect the Word of God is also foolish. I've seen people lay on an altar and I've seen them pray. And I've listened to them pray and they'll say, Lord, please, please, please uh, help me be a stronger Christian. God, I, they'll say, please, Lord, I pray that you'll help me to become more mature in my Christian walk with God. But yet you couldn't pay them to come to the house of God. They never will open up the book of God and they 
will hardly ever come into the house of God. But they want to be a mature Christian. It don't work that way. You grow in the house of God. Amen. You grow by what we do on Wednesday nights in prayer meeting. You grow by what you hear in the Sunday school hour. That's where you grow. Practical steps to revival. Number four, do a thorough job of repenting. David sobbed in Psalm 51 and 10. He says, create within me a clean heart, O Lord. For a whole year, David was out of fellowship with God. But finally, he come to his senses. He confessed his sin. He turned from that sin. And then he began to sing once again. He began to write once again. He could effectively pray once again. And he could be a witness for God once again. Folks, when there is sin in our lives that's unconfessed, it breaks that fellowship with God. And we can't have a good prayer life. uh, And we can't be that Christian that can make an impact for the kingdom of God when there's unconfessed sin in our lives. You see, there's I've, I've been working on a study and when I do it, it's probably going to be a, a two-parter, but it's, it, it, it's sort of like going to be things that will hinder your prayer life. And there's a, a lot of things throughout the Scripture that will hinder your prayers from getting to God. And I want to do that study sometimes if the Lord will help me and if the Lord will give me liberty to do so. I'll be honest with you, it's sitting on my desk. It is complete. I just can't find the liberty to preach it yet. And I try my best to have my way sometimes, but God has to have His way or we'll bomb it sure as the world. Amen. That is right. Do a thorough job repenting. Practical steps to revival. Number five, make restitution wherever possible. In other words, if we owe a debt, pay it. Amen? Amen? Boy, you're awful quiet. Y'all don't know everybody, do you? Huh? Y'all start telling on one another here in a minute. It's like the old preacher I was listening to the other day on the radio, and he, 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 he got on shacking up real bad. You know what shacking up is, don't you? Huh? What's shacking up, Booney? Living together and not married. Amen. Delivered him from it. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you what this preacher got behind the podium. There was probably about, uh, sounded like according to the tape, there was probably eight, nine hundred people there in attendance. It was at a big camp meeting. And he got up there and he got to preaching. And then all of a sudden he said, Look, I've never seen it in our local church as it is today with so many people shacking up. And it was real quiet all over the church. He said, You better watch it because you're telling on yourself. He said, Am I preaching to somebody tonight? (laughs) I'm telling you what, if there's unconfessed sin in our life, uh, we have to get rid of that uh, uh, sin. But we need to make that restitution whenever it is possible. 
Zacchaeus said, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold as much as possible, folks. In other words, what the Bible's telling us here and what I'm trying to say about making restitution wherever possible, if you're going to have revival, we need to make the crooked straight. In other words, if there's things in our life that's not in order, by the way of the Word of God, we need to somehow make it right. Make it right. Make that crooked way straight. Number six tonight. Practical steps to revival. Develop a seriousness of purpose. What I mean by that is keep off the detours. Let nothing deflect the magnetic needle of your calling. If there's anything that is a Trojan horse in our day, it's the television set. Beware lest it rob you of your passion and your purpose. I'm here to tell you. There's so much filth. Listen, you don't need HBO and Showtime and Cinemax and all that to see some filth on TV. Just turn it over on ABC during the afternoon and you'll see some of it. Huh? One old preacher I used to know called them slop operas. (laughs) Instead of soap operas, they called them slop operas. Why? Because they're probably slopping all over everybody, huh? Over one another. Hmm. You know them shows I'm talking about. The Young and the Retarded. As the World Burns. You know what I'm talking about. Huh? Yeah, boy. If we're going to have revival, folks, we can't get off, we can't get uh, knocked off track with that. Well, how's that going to knock me off track, preacher? Because the devil will play with your mind through your eyes. Number seven tonight. We need to deliberately narrow our interest. The Christian life requires specialties. Jesus said in effect, in Luke chapter 11, I believe it is, Be a one-eyed man. Paul said, this is one thing I do. Too many of us are burning up too much energy without engaging in the things that brings us nearer to God. It is my prayer tonight that we'll all just get a little closer to God. That's all. You see, that'll cure a lot of our ailments. That'll cure a lot of our aches spiritually. If we'll just get a little bit closer to God. That's what revival is for. To get a little closer to God and get as close as we can and let Him revive our hearts. Refuse to rust out. To start sharing your faith. Make yourself available to others. Back your decision with your time and talent and dollars. Folks, I'm telling you now, we ought to finally ask God for that great faith that we need in Him to be a successful Christian. I don't know what God's parameters are of being a successful Christian, but I'd like to be one. 
What do you? What if you fail as a Christian? Well, I don't know. That's up between you and God. I didn't say you're going to die and go to hell. I just said if you fail as a Christian, you're just going to stand before God as a failure, I guess. I don't want to be a failure. I don't want to fall down on God. I don't want to fail my Lord. I want to do what that is right in His eyes. Ask God for that great faith in Him. And then expect those great things. Pray until the fire falls. Over in 1 Kings chapter 8 and 38, the fire, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the waters that was in the trench. That's the kind of fire we need. Can you imagine that? And you know the little competition that was going on there about the, whose God was the greatest. But the God of heaven proved who was the greatest. They put that sacrifice dug on that wood and wet it down. Had it in a puddle of water. And yet the prophet called down fire from heaven. It consumed the sacrifice, the wood, the altar, and the water. What a God we serve that can do that. Usually it's water putting out the fire, not fire putting out the water. But that's what our God does. Why? Because He can. Because He did and because He is most powerful tonight. Folks, we need an old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival. Amen. Just another step toward revival coming next week. This will... Unless God changes my heart, this will be the last message. And I've preached just a couple or three on revival and trying to get our hearts prepared for revival. And those that have been here have been able to, to hopefully gain that understanding of what you need. Folks, you won't get revival if you're not here. You will not get revival if you're not here. Be dissatisfied with yourself spiritually. Ask God to transform your life. Put yourself in the way of blessing. Do a thorough job of repenting. Make restitution whenever and wherever possible. Develop a seriousness of your purpose and deliberately narrow your interest. I usually tell folks the week of revival is the time when you come in from the workhouse, workplace, and you go in and you make your peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you throw the dishes in the sink, you get the kids together and you go to the house of God. Amen. That sounds like a good idea to me. We'll do them dishes when we get back. Amen. And if you're like, a, like most of us, you got a dishwasher anyhow, just throw them in there and turn it on before you leave. Amen. Amen. Sister, you come get us a song. Let's stand together across this building as we pray. And ask the Lord of heaven to help us. I know we've already gathered around this altar for a corporate prayer before this uh, message tonight. But we don't ever want to end the service without opening this altar back up in case you want to come and pray. Maybe something spoke to your heart tonight and I hope that it did. I hope you carry what's been said with you. I hope you carry it home with you. Please pray for our revival next week. Please get here early. I have, due re I have real reason to believe that this place will be packed Monday night and on through the week. I promise you, please be here uh, a little early. Ushers, we're going to need you here early to park cars for us. 
and to uh, try to show people where to park throughout the lot, okay? If you could help us with that, we'd greatly appreciate it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, we do love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for, Lord, sending your only begotten Son to where we can have everlasting life. God, I pray that you would lead us, guide us, direct us tonight. Give us revival in our hearts. In Jesus' precious holy name we do pray. Amen and amen. You come if you've got a need. We'll be glad to pray with you, okay?